Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Pilot House. Sorry again that this is late. Sarah and I recorded it over last weekend at the Clockwork Alchemy Steampunk Festival in front of a live audience, and we had a great time doing it. Unfortunately, we were so tired by the end of the festival that we totally forgot to post it. So I hope you folks enjoy this second ever live episode of Pilot House. Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. Podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. Try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah. Strangely. What do we know about Jack of All Trades? What I know about this show is that it stars Bruce Campbell. Mm Mm-hmm. It's set in the past. (laughs) Some point in the past. Uh, Yeah. In like... In what I would deem the sweet outfit old-timey days. Yes, but when you say sweet outfit old-timey days, you can mean anywhere from, like, like Elizabethan yeah. England to, like, the 1940s. So That's, that is a, the sweet outfit old-timey there days. There is a large swath that we're dealing with here. To narrow it down slightly, I'm going to say this, uh, this show is set pre... pre... Uh, definitely pre-20th century... I want to say pre-19th century. I, yeah. yeah. For some reason, I have a vague idea that the show is some sort of like Scarlet Pimpernel kind of thing. Like, Might like but then again, like I kind of always think Bruce Campbell is a type of Scarlet Pimpernel because he just kind of snuck into Hollywood and seems to do whatever he wants and, and then gets paid for it. And then yeah. they let him do it again. Yeah. That's that's that seems like about what he's all about. He's like the Hollywood version of me at Clockwork Alchemy. Like I don't understand. <laughs> I keep going. I want to do this too, and they're like, sure. Yeah. Oh, we should have said at the top of this that we're recording yeah. uh, live. We are recording. We're recording live in front of a live audience <laughs> at Clockwork Alchemy 2019. An there- excellent. Steampunk convention in the Bay Area. We're we're in front of over 400 people right now, and actually, um, yeah. it's, it's sort of a I mean, thing. We haven't mic'd the audience, so it right. won't sound like 400 people, but I assure you, we counted. Well, it's also a thing in the, this particular room, the Cypress Room. Sometimes the people in the hotel rooms right above it complain about the noise, and so everybody who comes to shows in the Cypress Room knows to just kind of put up some like peace signs or like wave yeah. at us. Be sort of chill. It's, it's a chill room. So, but but getting back to yeah. to, to to Brucey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's there. I get the impression it's a very silly show. It's not taking it seriously. He's some sort of swashbuckler or hero, maybe a bit of an anti-hero, because Bruce Campbell, but um, maybe even a bit of a, of a trickster, or like, a, a, like a, a con artist or something. I hope he's a bit of a con artist. Yeah, that would make us both very happy. We're both really into con artist stories. Uh, and I get the impression it's possibly a little, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of tongue-in-cheek, but like in a very like winky way. That winky where it's blinky. Winky, winky, blinky. Where they're like, it's, there's going to be very, very silly jokes that are not a thing a person would say in real life. That type of like oh, I heightened so. reality. I think I, I get the impression it's very colorful and there's a lot going on. They're not, they weren't going for realism. This is not Game of Thrones, you know? This ends up being a very serious show in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Bruce Campbell walks on and is like a single tear rolls down his cheek. Winter is coming. Oh, my uh, goodness. But, yeah, other than that, I'm not sure when it came out. I want to say... Pre- 90s. Yeah, like maybe early 90s. Yeah, like like 94, 
All I know is I, I okay, believe it date. predates Hercules Legendary Journeys. Or it's like around that right, time when that started. Because he was on Hercules. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like it's a similar kind of silly tone yeah. to that show. Because that show definitely, they had really silly jokes from time to time they on did. that show. Well, Sarah, yeah. I think we've exhausted what we know about this show. Yeah, so let's uh, roll into watching the show live with all of you here at Clockwork Alchemy. We hey. are actually, this is the only way for you to hear, hear this podcast and also actually get to watch the episode with us. So... All right. Let's do uh, it. If you're watching along at home, you can watch the episode on Daily Motion. So go ahead and pause this. Yeah, and, uh, we will not be doing a traditional recap like we usually do on the podcast. Uh, so feel free to pause this, go watch it on Daily Motion, and then come back. All right. We'll see you uh, in uh, 22 minutes. And we're back. All right. And I just want to say for the record, everyone here in this room is so lucky that they were here for this year and not for last year's show with Wild Wild West, because in this show, about twice as much happened in half as much time. So yeah, much more exciting. I, uh, yeah. And, I, uh, and less racism. D- d- <laughs> yes. Less. Way less racism. Way less. Uh, <laughs> intrepid listeners can go back to episode insert number here for last year's Clockwork Alchemy live episode. Uh, seven. It was episode seven. We were so young back then. Shall we begin with how wrong were we? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think in terms of the overall vibe that we sort of assembled, we were pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I think the vibe was exactly, the style of the show, exactly what I was anticipating. <laughs> the, uh... I d- I'm surprised that I hadn't osmosis that it was like uh, post American Revolution, post American yeah, Revolution, pre War of 1812, like that same. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was a spy for the president. Although, as soon as I saw it, I went, "Oh, I think somebody did tell me that once upon a time." I just forgot it. Yeah, it's it's shockingly similar to uh, there's a series of novels uh, by L. A. Meyer called the first one was called Bloody Jack about a girl named Jackie Faber who is running amok all over the world in this exact same time period, behaving very similarly, right hmm. down to having like a steampunk like diving apparatus. <laughs> like, I was just like, wow, this is... In fact, come to think of it, I think someone used clips from this for like a fan edit trailer of a Jackie Faber movie that I saw on YouTube. That would, makes sense, yeah. Math checks out. You would. You would. It's the obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, and I, the, the, there were a couple more name actors in this. I, I didn't, I don't know the names, but the guy who played Thomas Jefferson is someone who I recognize and also uh, the, the guy who played the governor. Like, it's just like, this was, a, this was slightly, this, I guess what I'm getting at is this was a slightly like higher budget. It looked this looked a lot more expensive than I thought it was going to. Oh, I, I was for, expecting exactly this level. Yeah, well, even for being like a, <clears throat> a Sam Raimi New Zealand show in the galaxy of <laughs> Sam Raimi New Zealand shows. See, the, you know, now I have this headcanon that the the Bruce Campbell character in every single Sam Raimi thing is just this <laughs> is just the same guy. Just the same guy who like who's like quantum leaping to different places. I mean, one of the ble- beautiful things about 
Bruce Campbell's career is, like you said, he shows up, is Bruce Campbell, says the lines the character would say as Bruce Campbell, and then gets paid. Yeah. Like, he, he barely plays characters. He's himself, but doing that character's things. It's What am I wearing today? <laughs> all right, all right. What kind of crazy uh, puns do I have to make and stupid one-liners do I get to do? Is it a Hawaiian shirt or am I in Hawaii? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Bruce. One of, the, one of the things we did get wrong is this show is actually from the year 2000. We both really? thought it was like 94. Yeah. And nothing about the show especially tipped me to go, oh, no, this was later than I thought. It ran for two seasons from 2000 to 2002. Ugh. Yeah, it, 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 the, the vibe of it is so, like, mid-'90s, like, Hercules, Xena, like, the kind of, like, you know, buckle-swashing mid-'90s, like, thing where, where like, everything's practical and the sets are really small. Yeah. Because the... Like, you could tell, like, what they spent the money on, like, it's probably that renting a boat. Uh, But, yeah, so, but, but. um, Actually, I'm sorry, I have to correct myself. It it ran for a season and a half. It was canceled in the middle of the second season. But it ran, so it actually was all entirely within the year 2000, from January 22nd to December 2nd. Wow. It never, it never broke 2001. (laughs) Oh, quite a short-lived show. So technically, we uh, kind of broke a rule. We usually try to do shows with at least two seasons. And this I don't is, know, technically, well, I mean, t- I mean yeah. they probably shot. They might have shot two seasons, but uh, only yeah. one and a half. Aired. I wonder what's in the vault. We might have to keep watching this one if we can find the episodes. We occasionally, if we like a show that we do on this podcast, we'll watch the rest of the first season and then do a, a like a short episode talking about like where it went and all the crazy batshit stuff it did that we didn't predict. But uh, moving on, normally we do a little one sentence synopsis and try to like encapsulate what the show is about in a single sentence, which. I think we should do maybe at least for the, the listeners at home in case yeah. anyone's too di- lazy to go dig it up on Daily Motion, uh, and is just putting this on while they're like washing dishes or something. Yeah, I would say one sentence synopsis. Uh, in the year oh they say the year in the theme song and I've already forgotten. Eighteen hundred one. Thank you. The revolution's done. <laughs> uh, in eighteen hundred one, a spy slash secret agent type character named Jack Styles, who works directly for President Thomas Jefferson, is. Uh, sent to a far-flung exotic island in the West Indies to fight the spread of Napoleon's reign and finds himself teamed up with a beautiful but strict uh, British woman who is supposed to be his partner. Uh, Chaos and hilarity ensues. What do you think? Yeah. Usually I spend a little time on those. That one was on the fly, but I feel really good about it. I think you, you got it. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So if that doesn't sell you and you're not pausing the podcast right now to go watch it, I don't know what to do with you. I wash my hands of you, friend. So uh, normally then we, now we would do a little recap of the show, which we're not going to do because we just all watched it. So um, do we want to launch into our first normal uh, segment or do we want to do a little more like general? Uh, Let's do a little bit of a general yeah. hot take yeah. for a couple yeah, of minutes here. Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah. I loved it. It's delightful. It was exactly what I wanted from the show. Exactly what I expected and exactly what I wanted. Totally ridiculous. Lots of hilarious, dumb one-liners. Silly ef- effects. But it felt like a lot of, you know, like a lot yeah. of practical effects. Yeah. So they looked a little cheesy, but, like, the vibe 
lent itself to cheesy effects. Oh, I so love perfect. How handmade the whole thing felt. Yeah. In a way that like it it I mean it's not surprising that Sam Raimi it feels like some of the early uh, earlier like Evil Dead 2 Army of Darkness where like there are some like more modern special effects but there's a lot of just like look let's just have a guy swing on a rope. Yeah. How hard could it be? <laughs> And even like the way it's cut and edited, like he jumps on the banister, and then there's just a close-up that's clearly someone holding a pair of boots, sliding, sliding them down, down the banister. banister. <laughs> like, I so love good. stuff like that. I love, Me too. I love it when you can communicate what's happening and find it like you know you kind of edit things together to make that happen. Like sometimes it's it's 18 shots for Liam Neeson to climb over a fence, but like sometimes it's just this delight. Like the sword fight, all all the sword fights in this were delightful. Yeah. Even though they weren't like beautifully choreographed, it was a lot of like. Swing, swing, cut, swing, swing, cut, swing, swing, cut. Like, different shots, but, like, just, like, it was great. I also absolutely loved that he, Bruce Campbell laughed the exact same laugh every single time. Ha, 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 ha! He was being Bruce Campbell. He was Bruce yeah. Campbelling it up. I mean, it's, and, oh, oh, it's, just, it's exactly what you would expect from that premise, too. Like, yeah. she's extremely beautiful, but very stuck up because British. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has to sort of, like, work on her with his roguish charm. And I'm sure it'll be a, a, a real will-they-won't-they they for the one-and-a-half seasons that they got to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, I'm seeing, like, three or four episodes from now, they, they'll do the thing where, like, they will be in legitimate mortal peril. Mm -hmm. And they'll almost die. Mm -hmm. And then they'll get out of it, and Bruce Campbell will look at her, and he'll be like, you know, you're not bad for a dame. Yeah. And <laughs> then she'll be like, ugh, and maybe she'll slap him. But, like, but then she'll kiss him. She'll slap him and then kiss him immediately after. I hope they don't. <laughs> oh, me too, but I, I kind of predict that. I, th I think I th maybe he'll get the, the, like, the kiss on the cheek. Yeah. You know, well, they kind of tip their hand in the theme song, which, oh, my God, you guys, that theme song, right? It's like, already in my head. <laughs> in 1801, the, the revolution's revolution done. Had, had been won, I think. America's favorite son. It's, it, <laughs> had only it's, just begun. It's the kind of delightful, explains the premise theme song that yeah. you just don't really get very often. Like, how many shows have that? Like, Nothing not enough, in my opinion. I love a Gilligan's Island style. We are about to explain the premise to you. So you can watch this half hour of American television without having watched any of the previous episodes in case you just caught this one at random. But that, like, I wish that there was like, it's obviously a thing where like the, the overarching plot is going to be like them learning to work together and, you know, fighting the governor and like getting into madcap adventures. And yeah. I love that. And I also love that like, we don't, we don't have to like have this, you know, everything nowadays because of streaming and Netflix and everything is this like long, like, you know, it's like 15 hour movies. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like, especially the things with the theme songs, like one of the things I love about those theme songs that you're talking about with the explain the premise is it's just like, as soon as I hear, I, I could hear that theme song two years from now, having watched no more episodes of this. And I would immediately be in like Bruce Campbell mode. Yeah. Like just from that, that theme song. And like, like I like we 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 just went to the Magic Castle together, and there was that piano played by a ghost, and you could request any song, and we were kind of racking our brains, and then I asked her to play the Star Trek: The Next Generation theme song, and the ghost mm. played it for us, and immediately I was like, space, the final frontier. It's like it was all in, and like 
if you had asked me an hour before recite Picard's monologue, I would be like, I have no idea where it is. But that you, just the oh, first couple right. notes of that theme song, <laughs> and it, it brought it back. And it, like that, yeah. that thing that like eases you into the happy place where the show is. I, I feel like it's so lost. Like I, I watched Age, Agents of Shield for the first three or four seasons, and the theme song, the whole theme song is. Bah, 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 bah. That's it. <laughs> I'm not. You know, when you there. were saying it, I was like, "Yeah, I watched like the first at least two seasons, and yeah. I have no memory of the theme song." Yeah, it's like it's like it's totally an electric bass through like eight billion layers of distortion, going. Bah, 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 bah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Kyle, where's the theme song for Agents of Shield? Uh, uh, hang on, here's what I'm working on. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Perfect. Just toss it in. T- throw it in. <laughs> we're running late. Yeah, they, and the, the the intro sequence with the theme song too. Parts of it, they of course it was it was that time they dropped in some like sh- scenes from the show, right? But also there were segments that were shot clearly for the theme song. People singing the theme song while like dancing around an old timey pub and clinking their glasses and spilling their beer everywhere. Like so. Oh God, it was like I miss that. I miss when people used to do a purpose built theme song sequence. Yeah. It's, it doesn't happen very often, oh. and, and I love it. Hollywood, so I, call us. Yeah. We can bring back the golden, golden age of television. Yeah, that is something I definitely would give them points for, yeah. for doing that, absolutely. Speaking of, of, of things that people spent time and effort on, shall we, shall we mosey into our next segment? Yeah. Which is something we like to call, Where Did the Money Go? <laughs> You know, I gotta say, with this show, even though it was clearly not like super high budget, right? Yeah. I feel like they spent the money pretty well because they, it's a silly show, so they like leaned into that. And they didn't try to make any of the costumes or anything like too realistic, right? They didn't, they weren't like, no, we have to make everything period appropriate. Like they went with that. And the effects are a little bit silly, but like that works for the style. So I feel like the money was well spent. Probably, yeah, that boat was probably not cheap. Because a pirate ship. I mean, not a pirate ship, but you know, a tall ship. I, I wouldn't at all be surprised to like look at the boat in the set. It's like, it's it was a boat that was built for Hercules, and it's just like in a in a pool somewhere. Yeah, like, oh that's yeah, vaguely no. dockish, and it's like oh, it un- looks like it was at least a hundred, probably more than a hundred years ago, all the way back to ancient Greek Hercules times. We just changed like what the dudes on it are wearing, and no yeah, one yeah, and some of the ropes <laughs> moved, moved yeah. around. That underwater sequence was probably a little bit unlike yeah. her walking around underwater in that ridiculous like <laughs> bikini top and booty shorts. Yeah, high-waisted booty shorts and basically like a little bikini top. It was, Honestly, it looked like, the shirt looked like a cast off from Xena. It looked like Gabrielle's uh, yeah, uh, outfit. Yeah, like a little strappy yeah. with, the, yeah. with the, it was definitely like, okay, I want to cosplay not, as that next Not year a swimming a costume from the time period. Let's put it that way. <laughs> definitely I wanna, not that. But like, I absolutely would cosplay with in that outfit. With a giant metal diving helmet yeah. and like huge weighed down boots. <laughs> and then teeny tiny little booty shorts and a bikini top. Amazing. But it's just super ergonomic. Although, I got, I got to say, I got to say, points, again, points to them because, I don't know, uh, th- th- there's that whole ridiculous, like, let's turn a boat upside down and then drag it underwater with us thing in Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, which yeah. is not possible. Like, the physics don't, like, you can't do, it doesn't, you don't do, that doesn't work. And it makes me angry every time I see it because I want, like, my heart wants that to happen. Yeah. But my brain knows it can't. And so I'm like, why don't you just stick a tin can on your head and whatever? And then she did. And it was great. 
Yeah. Also, when she dove back in, you could see the bullets going yeah. through the water, which was also super cool. Because I like that detail with the bullet, just bullets in the water tracing. Oh yeah. Cool. I don't know how. I don't know. I how think they I did was it. looking down. I was making notes because I yeah. wanted to make sure I had some. Yeah. The, the the. Every time I look down to write a note, you guys would all laugh, and I'm like, damn it, what did I miss? The, uh, <laughs> I have to rewatch it. The uh, I'm you know I, I I was just I was really making sure that somebody was paying attention to all the scenes with yeah. the 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 booty shorts. Yeah. Because that's part of my job on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's very important for somebody to be watching the booty shorts. Although I I, I want there to be an episode where where. Uh, Jack has to go underwater, and it's like, all right, here's the outfit. Yeah, like, this is this is what we wear and she, when we like, go but underwater. I can't, I can't wear this. This is a woman's outfit. And she's like, what are you talking about? This was specifically designed to be <laughs> the most efficient thing to wear yeah, underwater. This thing it's around your chest actually prevents your lungs from exploding. Yeah, with the, it it's keeps just you from a coincidence that it looks really good yeah. on me. Put it on. Yeah. That would be amazing. The, I want the, that. The, it pushes up your lungs into the right configuration for breathing through this helmet apparatus. Yeah, it pushes up your lungs. Mm-hmm. It's just like lungs. you know that like the like the really stupid in-universe excuses for why they're wearing like skin-tight latex. It's oh like, yeah. Like yeah. when like there's like Love a superhero that. movie or something where they're like it's stronger than steel, but does it have to be so form-fitting? Look, I made this to keep you safe. Yeah. Really? Oh, I love the justification for the boob window. Like, oh, Power, Power Girls, Girls boob, boob window. window. Yeah. They're like, Hi, she, she, she doesn't have a symbol. And because so it, she is a symbol for all women. Yeah, so yeah. boobs. So no women, therefore boobs. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, you worked really hard on that justification, didn't you? Whoever Thanks, wrote guys. That. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we move on to our next segment? Which we like to call Cliffs and Chips. <laughs> In Cliffs and Ships, we like to talk about two things. Uh, basically, it's our predictions about where the show is going, uh, our ideas about what the first season cliffhanger might be, and uh, any ships that we have, of relationships that we hope will blossom in the show in the future. Which, in terms of ships, it seems pretty <laughs> obvious that they, you know, it's going to be a will they, won't they between Amelia and Jack. Uh, yeah. Clearly. Uh, they didn't really give us many other characters to play with, so. Well, I have one. Oh, oh, you tell. Uh, the, uh, do the, tell. The, the French governor clearly seems to be absolutely taken with Jack. And uh, True. I'm just saying, True. now that I know that this show is from 2000, we were kind of starting to come around to some of that stuff. But I'm just, I'm, I'm he kind does of. call him, I think, a, a cheeky monkey. Yeah, oh, you cheeky monkey. <laughs> You are a chicken monkey. Oh the my god, accents, the horrible French uh, accent. It's like they made the. It's like so, they were clearly doing them on purpose. Oh, but like, that, yeah. It wasn't like they did bad a bad job of like, French accents. They they told everyone do your worst. Yeah. What is the worst French accent you can do? Suck Just, me. <laughs> there were a couple times I can't remember now which words. I wish I'd written it down. But there were a couple times when they purposefully pronounced an American word or an English word, rather, like a similar French word that means something totally different that, like, is not actually how a French person would pronounce that English word. Right. But, like, I, can't, I wish I could remember which one it was. It made me laugh so much. The, but. So the governor. The, yeah, the governor. She's a little taken French with, governor. With, with Jack. And I, I, I could absolutely see this show doing an episode, and I, I, I'm, like, praying to the sky gods that this is an episode where Jack has to, like, he has, he has to seduce the governor like he has to like use feminine wiles and so then you get the delightful scene of uh i want to call her m because they made a joke yeah, about amelia. what is amelia i think, I think. Where amelia's amelia, like right? you don't know 
how to flirt and you know he can be all like it's never been a problem for me honey yeah. it and just comes like, naturally right and then she has yeah, to, and then like, she has to teach him how to like do the like half-litted look yeah and, like and all that the like dropping your hanky <laughs> and the whole thing about like and this is this is how we fool men into thinking we're interested and he's like and he well, his brain like this, goes yeah <laughs> yeah his brain explodes wait a minute Wait a minute. And then he has to go be like a femme fatale, like where the roles are reversed. Cause like, she's like this gorgeous woman who probably will end up having to play the femme fatale or the damsel or whatever. But if there's like a role reversal episode where he has to be the femme fatale, Oh my God! Oh, I want that. I bet so you bad. they had planned it for season three, and we'll never, we'll oh, never go. Yeah, that's it. my head cannon. Oh, it doesn't like happen it. in in the twenty two produced episodes. The nice thing about some of these older shows, um, where we only get one or two seasons, is that like, back in the the nineties and early aughts, two seasons was forty eight episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like original series Star Trek, three seasons, ninety eight episodes, or whatever. Like yeah. they were they were screaming towards syndication. Yeah. Uh, so cli- uh, cliffs. Oh yeah, cliffs. cliffhangers. Um, uh, they didn't re- they didn't tip anything really in in this. Um, but what I'd like to imagine mm-hmm. is that like Napoleon is actually going to come to Palau Palau. Oh and, like, yeah. Or he shows up because the whole the specter the 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 or overarching big villain of the show is Napoleon, right? The right. small villain is the governor. Uh, the French governor. But, like, imagine, like, Napoleon shows up. Do you think that it might be too big for season one? Maybe they would, like, hold on to it for a later season or something? Oh, there's, there's probably, like, end of season one, they, they spend some money to get a full ship and full rig sailing into the harbor. Yeah. And there's a little tiny guy standing on the bow. Like, and then, he's coming. Oh, that would be... L'Empereur! L'Empereur! Sacre bleu! L'Empereur! Now, that would actually be a really good, true cliffhanger. Right. Where it ends with that, with them being like, holy shit, here he is, you know. that, And then, it, you know, you don't get to see what happens until the next season. You know? Right. That definitely, I, yeah, that could, uh, that could fly. <clears throat> um, but moving on mm-hmm. uh, to our next segment, unless you have any other cliffhangers. Nope, I'm so good. Yeah. Our next segment is, you realize your screen is up there, they can see it. Oh, yeah. There. Okay, good. Um, the uh, the next segment is <clears throat> excuse me, what will this show be? Which is where we talk about what we think is going to be the vibe of the, the every episode, like the daily slog of this show. Because sometimes the pilot spends a lot of time really setting up a premise, and you don't get a sense of what it, it's going to be. But this feels like it actually laid it out pretty clearly. You know, like I think the the regular episode vibe is going to be. They have a mission to stop something from happening or make sure that something happens. You know, their their thing in this episode was there were some uh, orders that were being given to a French ship and they had to stop the orders from getting on the ship. Right. And they successfully switched out the real orders for fake ones that would send them off to the North Pole or South Pole or something like that. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, that's going to be it. Every episode, there's going to be a, a mission Mm-hmm. And Jack will, you know, stumble his way through it as the daring dragoon. We didn't, we didn't say that uh, in the show. Part of what uh, becomes the premise here is that not only is he sent to this uh, faraway land to do spy stuff, they have a local legend there called the daring dragoon. It's like a a Zorro. Yeah, kind of a Zorro type character. And budget Zorro. Yeah, in the course of their uh, mission. 
uh, Jack ends up passing himself off as the Darian Dragoon right. to get out of a sticky situation. And then he does it again later. So it's clear this is going to be the thing. They're going to use this as their cover for all of their missions. He is always going to be trying to be the Daring Dragoon, and Amelia is always going to be trying to like solve it with science, because she's right. also an inventor. She creates gadgets. So she's going to be the cue of, right. the sh- of, of the show, as, you know, as well as, you know, she's the, she's the Black Widow cue from James Bond, not right. cue from Star Trek, totally different vibe. <laughs> um, she's, she, and, um, God, I, I'm trying to think of another, like, kind of like, Stick in the mud type character who's like Ugh, always rolling their eyes at the hero's shenanigans. It's like you know the type of character I'm talking right, about. It's right. a com- combination yeah. of she's yeah. all three of those. Jack is just Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell in yeah. 1801, <laughs> being a being a weirdo. So yeah, I feel like every single episode she's gonna come up with an invention. They're gonna find a way, an excuse to use it in their adventures. He's gonna be cheeky and she's gonna roll her eyes, but kind of like it. That's, I feel like that's pretty clearly. I, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so then shall we move on to our next segment, which I think you're already ready for? I'm so ready. The, new, uh, the next segment is mm-hmm. called, It's That Guy. Uh, and this is a segment where we talk about, oh, he was in the, um, um, the thing with the, uh, oh, the other guy. Yeah, anyway, yeah. It's, the, it's the section where we recognize actors could, from the show and talk about where we recognize them from. We could also just call this segment Peter Stormare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazingly, I've always considered myself to have very good like facial recognition software up here in the old noodle, uh, and I recognize people all the time. I'll see someone in a show and be like, gosh, that guy looks familiar. Where do I recognize him from? And like, I saw him in a movie when he was... 12 and I was 12 and now he's a grown adult and I'm like yeah yeah he's like, oh he's the kid from the, he's the secret garden of course I would recognize him you know 20 years later but in this one I did not recognize anybody except for obviously Bruce Campbell but right. you seem to have recognized the uh the French governor yes so the the um let's see did you figure out where you recognize him from uh or anyone uh, else wait who did I? I had him pulled up. Ah, Stuart, Stuart Devaney. Uh, I think I recognize him from uh, being, uh, he, he was also uh, uh, in, I, I see that he was in Meet the Feebles and the Frighteners. Whoa. It, he's a New Zealand character actor. Oh, Who just kind of like shows in up in, in things. Um, it, I am such a champion of the Frighteners. Like, if, if you have never seen the Frighteners, go see it. Uh, it is like, in, in kind of in my like personal like heart space, it's like a third Ghostbusters film. Like you know, like th- Ghostbusters three never happened, and it's kind of that same comedy supernatural, hooky spooky vibe. Um, it's it's great, uh, and he he has like a bit part in that, and he has a bit part in a lot of New Zealand productions. Uh, and then uh, Thomas Jefferson was played by uh, Charles Pirard, who at a guess uh, at a guess of pronunciation. <laughs> who also uh, just like a character actor. And it goes without saying that everybody who has appeared in this also appeared in Hercules and Xena. Yeah. Uh, Possibly also in Young Hercules. Oh, wow. That was a thing. Yeah. Der- Ryan Gosling, you guys. Did you know? Did you know he played Young Hercules? The Younger Hercules. Which, that- for some reason, they have the German poster on IMDb because IMDb is uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely safe to say. Uh, did you recognize Amelia from anything? She sort of looks familiar to me, but I was kind of writing it off that she looks familiar in a very 
TV hot in the year 2000 right. way. <laughs> like, so, I mean, she was in Young Hercules and Hercules, but like she she does not have a lot of credits. Um, she she you know as an actress she was active. Uh, she was on a TV series called Shortland Street, which I've never heard of, from 92 yeah. to 98. And then kind of got into, it looks like got into the Sam Raimi zone. And uh, just kind of hung out there until 2001. I, 2004 is the last, Two, oh, last but that, I, I don't think Sam Raimi was involved with Serial oh, Killers, okay. the TV series. Uh, you know, I hate to... Oh, sorry. I don't know. This is not a judgment on right. the actress at all. But given the way that she looks and the time period that she was doing things in, I would be very, very surprised if she didn't take the slightly easier route of modeling when acting might have proven a little, like, it's a... It's a it's Time-consuming. Not that modeling is, is not cutthroat, right. but, like, low-key modeling, not, like, the high-fashion trying-to-be-a-supermodel modeling, right, I right. think is a lot easier than uh, trying to convince someone to put you on a TV show. Right, right. So... I would not be surprised if in the year 2000 she went, it is a lot easier to just be in makeup ads and shampoo ads and things like that than doing the, the, the constant slog of right. auditioning for pilots and all that kind of stuff, especially right. since she's from New Zealand. So not, yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's, my, that's my guess, but who knows? We can then, I think, move on mm-hmm. from this segment to our final verdict. Final verdict. Which is... We answer the question, did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more, right? I mean, basically, that's what pilots are for, at least from the consumer side. Yeah. It's to, to hook people and make them go like, yes, I like the idea of this show. I guess from the, from the business standpoint, too. It's to make uh, someone go, yeah, we should make more of this. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. And, yeah, I'm, I'm totally sold. I, yeah, I, will... I mean, it's going to be, this show's going to be silly as all hell. It's going to be goofy, and there's going to be times that I'm going to be like, oh, my God, really? She smiled at that bullshit that he said? I, I got to say, I was surprised that she warmed up to him as much as she did. I expected yeah. her to warm to him by the end of the episode. But, like, they did that moment where they're both laughing, and then they go, ah. mm-hmm. this is, this And then is... they look at each other, and they, the smiles fall away, and they like, have a moment where they're making eye contact, like, Oh. You know, that moment yeah. where you stop smiling and you're like, we are serious now because feelings. Uh, I wasn't expecting quite that much right. feelings. I, I'm kind of curious if uh, this is going to be one of those things when pilot to series, like they're going to retool that a little bit and she's going to cool off again. Oh, I'm Beginning sure. of episode two, just so they can have a longer arc with it. Oh, but yeah. I'm absolutely on. I'm also sold. Like, yeah. So sold. Also, the fact that these are 22 minutes. Yeah. Like is. how, and there's not that much of it. Like we could breeze through this, yeah, real easy. In fact, when we get back, when we get back home from tour, we could probably like watch most of them in a weekend. Right. The <laughs> the fact that like there's not gonna like I need more 22 minute shows in my life. Like the Good Place only comes out but once a year. Oh God. Oh. Honestly, it, until I started watching the Good Place, I forgot how nice it is sometimes to just watch a half hour show. Like right. just. Every show is an hour long now, you know? It's, nobody's just making shorter shows. It's just sometimes kind of nice to be able to just watch a little something. Right. Although it's really hard to watch one episode of The Good Place. You just end up watching. If, if, if you're watching it on Netflix, as we were, like, you're just right. like, ah, one more. Ah, uh, one, one more. more. Uh, one more. But, but yeah, uh, I think I, this would be probably a breezy, fun oh. watch. And that's, that. It, you know, I go back to what we said right when we came out of watching it, is that uh, 
it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, and exactly. It, what it says on the tin is exactly what I want. Yeah, and honestly, this also made me want to watch The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which yes. we wanted to watch for this podcast, but the pilot is like an hour and a half long. And it's just would not work for the live show. Well, maybe next year we'll get a three-hour block. And yeah. We'll I'll do it. Lock in, everybody. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, do you, Do you have any you. last thoughts, Sarah, before we get into our outro bumpers? No. I, all right. Honestly, I – thanks all for, for coming out, yeah. and thanks to Clockwork Alchemy for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website at pilothousepodcast.com or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks this week to our supporters Chris and Jerome. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Yeah, I guess on that note, it's time to... It's time for our signature sign-off. signature sign-off. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> we spent a lot of time with, like, a marketing firm to really finesse the tone of that, that, outro, that uh, sign-off. It's very wow, important. look at look at that. Uh, look at, just, just look at the... the That's word, the, the bite. <laughs> it's a wall, a block. I mean, I'll, I'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs>